Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to worship today. It's great to be back with you all here in God's house uh, once more to worship and to receive from Him His wonderful gift that He has so graciously planned for us today in His Word and His sacrament today. Uh, please stand and wave to those around you. If you are near enough for an, an elbow knock, go ahead and knock elbows. Um, wave to the those who are watching at home or somewhere else on the camera. All right. And uh, we'll wait for the bell to ring and we'll... Pray. Why don't we just go ahead and pray, and when the bell rings, it'll ring. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you that we have been able to gather back here uh, uh, in your house, um, uh, in the name of your son, Jesus. For that we thank you. Uh, Lord, we ask that as we worship you here, that as we are served by you, that you would fill us with the zeal of your house of worship here. And Lord, truly, better is one day in your courts. Good morning. A thousand and welcome. welcome. Trinity Lutheran Church. Lord, we, we know that in all things, I'm Nick Frayer, your announcer us, for the 16th walk Sunday after Pentecost. Beside us, the Reverend Jake Sletton behind us. Today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the lay minister, Bruce Sletton, and the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinninger. Today's order of service can be found at www.trinity1874.com. Our radio broadcast today is in honor of Grace Bray for his 90th birthday from his children, grandchildren, and, and great again, for this dedicated to the glory of God. Jesus, we pray. May God bless us as we worship together. begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. 
O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities. Almighty God in His mercy has given His Son to die for you, and for His sake He forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing our opening hymn, Salvation Unto Us Has Come, number 555 in the hymnal. We'll sing verses 1 through 4.
I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. What shall I render to the Lord? I will lift up the cup of salvation. Precious in the sight of the Lord. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, since we cannot stand before you relying on anything we have done, help us trust in your abiding grace and live according to your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. 
And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. This is the word of our Lord. Fear the Lord, you his saints. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Epistle reading comes from Philippians, beginning in chapter 1. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So it has been become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For I am to live in the flesh. That means fruitful label for me. Yet what shall I choose I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, but not frightened by anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, 
Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those who hired, and when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We sing the hymn of the day, Lord of all hopefulness, number 738.
all pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from Psalm 27. It's in your, it's in your bulletin. Please have that in front of you. Uh, we will be going through it, referring to it as we go along here this morning. Living on this side of heaven can be hard. It is hard. All of us know that. I sat down and for about 10 minutes I thought of a list. A list of many different ways and reasons for why living on this side of heaven can be hard and is sometimes hard. And this is not by any means an exhaustive list. I'm sure that there are many, many other things that if we all sat down that we could come up with a list a mile long. But here's the ones that I thought of. When our loved ones die. When we say things that we don't mean. When marriages crumble. When feelings are hurt. When there is carelessness with words and with actions. When there are misunderstandings. When there is anger. Resentment. When there is a refusal to see the other person's point of view. When there is jealousy. When there is thoughtlessness. When there is misplaced anger. When there are conclusions that are rushed into. When there is sickness. When there are no cures for sickness. Quickness to anger, pride, egos, refusing to listen, refusing help, refusing to say sorry, and words that, can be taken, that can't be taken back. And all of this and more, you and I endure, if it's not on a daily basis, it's on a weekly basis. If it's not on a weekly basis, it's on a monthly basis basis for sure. All of this and more you and I endure while we live on this side of heaven. And if you were to look at the epistle with me just very quickly from Philippians, remember that Paul is writing this letter to the church in Philippi from prison. And there was that verse in there that really gave us an insight into Paul's mindset as to what he was feeling while he was in prison. Perhaps you caught it. He says, my desire at this moment and at this time, my desire is to leave, is to depart, and to be with Christ. The common table prayer begins like this. Come, Lord Jesus. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray that petition. Thy kingdom come. And if you have ever thought about why we pray those things, why we sometimes pray, Lord Jesus, come and come quickly, it is because sometimes and oftentimes living on this side of heaven is hard. 
It's really hard. And again, this, this list that I come up with is nowhere near an exhaustive list. I'm sure that if I asked each of you to come up with a list of things that are hard for you on this side of heaven, you would have a really big list of things because we all have it. Christ has not returned. He will, but he hasn't returned yet. In the, in the meantime, we wait. We wait with people who have hopeful expectation, just like Paul did. You see, when he writes, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, it's, be, it's not because he, is, he has some sort of, of, of morbid idea. It's because he knows what awaits him. And he knows that what, that what awaits him is infinitely better than what he is experiencing now. What awaits us, what awaits you and I when Jesus returns and the culmination of our faith is complete. I was asked this last week by one of our confirmation kids over at the school, well, what, what happens to us when we die? Of course, we, I kind of explained how that worked, but I wanted to make sure that they understood that those who are awaiting that, that, that those who have died and gone to heaven, that, that the culmination of their faith, folks, is not yet complete. They're not done. They are no longer in any more crying or mourning or pain. They no longer need to receive the sacrament. They have, those who have died as believers in Christ are with their Lord in His presence. But they wait. Because the culmination of their faith is not complete yet. The culmination of their faith, the, the, the eventual goal and the hope that they had while on this side of heaven, the hope that you and I have while we are on this side of heaven is the return of Christ. The last day, the final day, when He will restore everything back to the way that it was supposed to be. And in the meantime, we wait. We wait with those who have hope. In this psalm, from Psalm 27, a psalm of David, there are three sort of movements that I want to key in on, and each of the movements provides us with an insight into understanding really why David wrote this psalm in the first place. So again, verses 1 through 3, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? That's, that's one that I'm sure that many of us have heard, but that, that we have heard before. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. I love verse 3, especially though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war arise against me, yet I will be confident. This is sort of the first movement of, of this psalm. This is sort of like if you ever get lost in the woods, like really lost, and you don't know where you are, it's getting dark, oh my gosh, this is getting bad. Or even not that, if you are, are, are in a moment and you are really stuck and you are starting to get scared and you're starting to get worried, this, these are some of the things that we begin to tell ourselves. We begin to tell ourselves positive things. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. My child is not lost. He's probably just in the dressing room in Walmart. It's going to be fine. 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 And so this, these are David's words when he is going through whatever 
situation that he finds himself in. He is saying these things to himself while he is scared of whatever it is. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The the war arise against me, yet I will be confident. He's telling himself that the Lord is with him. This is where he gets his confidence, his hope from. The second movement of this psalm happens in verses 4 through 6. One thing have I asked of the Lord, David writes, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with, with shouts of joy. And I will sing and make melody to the, and to the Lord. Whatever situation that David has found himself in, he is talking confidence of truth about Yahweh, his God, to himself in verses 1 through 3. And now he is reminding himself, he is picturing, he is envisioning what it will be like when he is in the presence of his God. That I may dwell in his house, that I may be where God is, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Verse, verse 5 says, he will, he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. That is to be in his presence. That is to be in his sanctuary. Where God is. Where God is, is found. And he will keep David safe. And while he is keeping David safe. Verse 6 says, David will worship. David will worship. He will, in his, in his tent, in the Lord's tent, he will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy. He will sing and make melody to the Lord. This is what it will be like for David when he is in the presence of Yahweh, when he is in the presence of his God. And then in verses 7 through 12, your text only goes through verse 9, but in verses 7 through 12 is sort of the third movement. And at this point, David now has kind of come back to the reality of the situation, whatever it is, whatever trouble that he finds himself in. And notice how the pleas to God begin to sort of pile up. And he talks to God about what he needs. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. Teach me your way, O Lord. That's verse 11. And lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. So the the needs that David has as he has now sort of come back and faced with the reality of the situation that he finds himself in, now he prays to 
his God. And why does he pray to his God? Because it is his God that he wants to be in the presence of. Because it is his God that his hope is found in. It is his God that he knows is the only one who can help him in the situation that he is in. And so the, the pleas to God, they, they sort of pile up, up here. And then in verse 14, he ends that psalm by then sort of writing to the reader or the, or the, the, the hearer of his psalm. Verse 14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. So what is David's point? David's, his heart's, David's heart's earnest desire is to be with his Lord because with his Lord he finds safety in the midst of the trouble that he finds himself in. He finds safety from the terrible hurts of this world. With his Lord, he finds shelter from the fiery arrows of Satan. Within his Lord, he is hidden. The Apostle Paul talks about this too, that as the baptized, our lives are so hidden within Christ. Hidden from the eternal consequences of sin. With David's Lord, to be in his presence is to be free from all of the hurt and the anxieties and the pain that this side of heaven brings us. That this side of heaven, some days and some seasons, man, it just seems like it just gets heaped upon us. We are not there yet. And that is why he ends the psalm with waiting. Because the waiting is not without hope. And the hope that leads us to the promises of God that that have been found in Christ. Promises of grace upon grace. Promises of mercy upon mercy. Mercy for everyone who believes. Everyone. This is what the gospel lesson is about. This kind of this strange parable. The mercy of God is for everyone regardless of when they believed and when they didn't. It's for everyone. And for those of us who perhaps have been lifelong Christians, to see somebody on their deathbed finally say, yes, Lord, I believe in you. It may not make a lot of sense, but that person is saved immediately, instantly, with no questions asked. The mercy promises of mercy for everyone who believes. Promises of providing a way out when times are difficult. Promises that are delivered in absolution. I would much rather speak the words of forgiveness to live people. Much rather. But the promises of God that are found in those words, in the forgiveness of sins that are spoken to you, that are spoken to you, camera folks, promises of forgiveness that no matter what you have done, no matter how many times that that you've done it, that forgiveness is yours. Promises that are found when we partake in His Word and sacrament. Again, part of the waiting is the same words that Jesus spoke to to His disciples right before His ascension. And behold, I am with you always. 
to the very end of the age. Until I come back, I will be with you always. And one of the ways that he is with us is in his body and his blood given to us for the forgiveness of sins. In these words that are found explicitly for you in his word. MJ's, one of MJ's memory verses this last week in school was that verse actually, John 20, verse 31. At the end of his gospel, John writes this. These things, all of these things, have been written so that you may believe. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. He aced his memory, by the way. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. The promises of God that that are found in absolution, the promises of God that are found in communion, the promises of God that are found in his word, the promises of God that are found when you, as brothers and sisters in Christ, have reconciliation, have forgiveness and confession spoken to one another, the promises of God that are found as we wait, as we wait for his coming. And it will happen, and it will come, he will come, when he will take us all with him to himself in heaven, where we will be there with him for all eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. time we will gather, uh, we will um, uh, talk about the different ways that you can continue to give your offering and your tithe during this season. The first way is that if you happen to be here today to drop off your offering in the basket that is right outside in the narthex there. The second way is to go to the church and schools website that is trinity1874.com and in the upper right hand corner is a donate button. You simply click on that and follow the, and follow the directions. Uh, the next way is to, bring your, is to bring your offering or tithe by the church office uh, this week during regular office hours or just uh, set it in the, the basket that we have put outside of the office there as well. Uh, with that, we stand and sing the offertory.
Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we thank you for making this day, for us a day of rest and worship. You brought us safely here so we can pray, sing praises, be blessed by your word, and soon to participate in the sacrament of Holy Communion. But before we do that, we want to thank you for Pastor's message. Remind us this week that while we wait for Christ's return, we wait with the confidence that you are always with us. When we experience tough situations, even then, you are with us. Keep us confident with your promise of rescue from this earthly life. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, with whom all things are possible, hear our prayer for those who are dealing with illness, those who are hospitalized, those who are struggling emotionally or spiritually, those on the road to recovery. This morning we lift up to you all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dotson, Emma Conklin, Wayne, Rosemarie, John, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Joe, Judy, Louise, Dana, Florine, Sherry, Fawn, Hunter, Marilyn, Mark Preby, Heather Preby, Deborah, Ross, Jerry, Dylan, Jane, Catherine, and Lorna. All of these, Lord, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Lord, you are our very present help in trouble. We know you can heal. Your grace can restore health and give strength to carry on. Remove the worries and anxious fears that would seek to crush us during this time of need. Comfort all who suffer. Lord, in your mercy. God of all creation, since the very beginning, you have blessed marriage between man and woman. For those celebrating the anniversary of their wedding day, we ask that you give them a sense of your presence. Thank you for the blessings of love you have given to Charles and Sharon Owen as they celebrate 61 years of marriage, and Duane and Ellen Shane as they celebrate 45 years, as well as Dan and Joan Haynes, who will be celebrating 38 years. Help them use this time of reflection and celebration to renew the promises made, to focus on the love that is possible when you, Jesus, are the center of their lives. Be with them. Be their health, strength, and refuge as they continue this journey of honor and love for each other and for you as their Savior. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all those who are celebrating birthdays this week. We think of Raymond Spree, who is celebrating 90 years of life, as well as Arlene Stevenson, who is celebrating 82 years, and John Fritz, who is celebrating 80 years. Father, we thank you for these Christian brothers and sisters and are so happy they are part of our lives. Forever be with them and shower them with your love that surpasses all understanding. Keep them safe and healthy as they continue to live their lives as your chosen people, those people redeemed by Christ. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, most gracious God, we give you thanks for the joy and blessings that you grant to our families each day. We are indeed living in the most stressful of times. So much added pressure concern, even sometimes doubt. Be with all those in our parish as well as those we love and care for wherever they are. Be with all those who suffer loss due to the fires out west, those who find themselves unemployed. Bring unity and peace to our nation. Grant that we may live trustingly one day at a time, knowing that you will not fail us, 
that you are still in control of all things. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let, let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in my mind. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
The peace of the Lord be with you always.
first of our distribution hymns today is number 781 in the Lutheran service book. We give thee but thine own, number 781.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us to the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Blessed be the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. We sing our closing hymn, the last two verses from Salvation Unto Us Has Come, number 555.
Just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, it was great to be with you all here this morning. And for those of you who were listening and or watching from wherever you happen to be, uh, our 7th uh, and 8th grade confirmation class for students who do not attend Trinity School started this morning at 8 45. Uh, the class will continue to meet on Sunday mornings uh, at that time over in the chapel. Uh, the church directory is now online. Once you create a login, you can edit your personal information and, and upload a picture at any time. If you have any questions, call the church office or Diana Connolly. And then finally, uh, our administrative assistant, Jennifer, will be taking this Friday off of work, September the 25th. I will be in the office. But if you call, there's a really good chance I'm not going to know. So you're, you're welcome to call. You're welcome to stop by. But if you really want to know something administrative assistant-like, you'll probably have to wait till Monday. <laughs> Just to let you know. Uh, that is all of the announcements that I have for th- this morning. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Price Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to the worship.